All right, folks, it's that time of year again. Baseball season's still going, football season's starting, and I know you want to try to get the best deals for the best tickets out there. I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion out of your ticket-buying experience. It's pretty cool. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show, and rates them on a scale of 0 to 10 to let you know if you are getting the best bang for your buck. Green Dot marks great deals, Yellow Dot good deals, and Red Dot not so good deals. All you have to do is use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That is two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? Why wouldn't you do it? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event. We have the tickets. Uh, One other thing here for you folks to save some money. It's a new season. Talking about football. Antonio Brown's on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell's with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize toll. I would only recommend a service to my listeners that's been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. Join now and get up to $200 in free bets. Use promo code CHAOS to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And don't forget to use the promo code CHAOS when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos, C-H-A-O-S, critical hate, and overwhelming stupidity. Hey folks, thank you for coming back for another episode of Full Count Chaos. I'm Nathan, you can always reach me, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. I'm just sitting here laughing. I laugh every time I still see Nelson Cruz completely destroy the ball with the bat. <laughs> Couldn't sign him that extra year. I know he, we still, you know, his contract would have been up with that four years, but here he is. He had three home runs in one night with the Twins, so good for him. It just makes me laugh how, you know, here we are in 2019, and he's still crushing the ball. In 2014, there were a lot of people that said, I don't know. I'm glad we didn't sign him. He's washed up. Well, folks, three home runs, one night, still crushing it. Good for you. Hey, guess what? I have a lot to go over, like I say every week, but I do. And politics, a little bit getting in the show. I've mentioned a hundred times politics, religion. I try to steer clear of those topics. Politics, you know, if you're in a room filled with people who agree on your political views, you're still screaming and shouting because you're all screaming and shouting about how you can't believe that the other people Uh, can't understand your views and how they're wrong. And then if you're in a room full of people who disagree, well, obviously you're shouting back and forth. So other podcasts that I've done, other things I've done, I I steer clear. You know, that maybe call me a pussy. uh, You're afraid people are going to come at you. No, it's just one of those things where if I can uh, steer clear of a little bit of drama, I will. Look, sports is enough drama. You already got people expressing their opinions on things that I've said 
or my opinions towards players and the and Orioles and sports. I mean, look, we're sport fans. We're crazy. We're all crazy. <laughs> all sport fans are nuts. But I think I'm going to bring that up a little bit. Again, I got a lot to go over. Uh, Orioles didn't make any moves. Wondering how you feel about that. I'm perfectly fine with that. I love how Michael Elias was just like, yeah, it wasn't any good moves. Everybody was trying to offer me shit. I mean, of course, the players that we had, they, you know, I don't think any one prospect that they were getting offered were in the top 100. That's faux show. Sorry, I've had a lot of caffeine. I, I can't, I, for sure, I'm sorry, faux show. So I'm all right with that. But uh, something I want to bring up before I get the wheels turning here. Uh, someone during the week <laughs> tweeted at me. I think it's, it's like, O's fan or something on Twitter and he's like hey you uh you said the Orioles have the worst record in baseball it's actually Detroit I knew that I must have misspoke look I don't have any co-hosts I don't have a producer it's a one-man show here I don't have people to say hey dumbass well I have you people to reach out to me but any co-host or anyone helping me out the show telling me you know hey dumbass I know you meant to say this but you said this instead but I don't know what I was talking about. Maybe I meant the division, but I know. We have a better record in Detroit. Is that a good thing? I don't know. <laughs> I've always said I'm wired that I always want the Orioles to win no matter what the situation is. But it's kind of funny because knowing we're in a rebuild and we're coming towards the end of the season and how cool that would be to get two years back-to-back, uh, first round, first pick, first round, why not in a rebuild? I don't know. I, I say that would be cool. It's never cool to be the worst team in baseball two years, three years back to back to back. But you get what I'm saying. Wouldn't be a bad thing. So as the season is coming to an end a little bit here, we got another two months. It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I love like the Orioles. Every time I see them win, I'm going to be super excited. If they had the worst record by the end of the season, would that be the worst thing? No, of course not. But during the week, I had people that I know reach out to me. They know I host a podcast about the Orioles in Baltimore. I said, are you going to talk about it? Are you going to bring it up? You know, they're talking about our, our city. Yeah, I, I get it. I'm sure you've heard. I mean, Baltimore City was trending in Twitter, uh, trending on Twitter. And it wasn't because people had warm and fuzzy things to say about the city of Baltimore. That's been going on for a long time. It's nothing new. Uh, I'm sure you've heard the name Donald Trump before. If you haven't, he's the president. (laughs) He sometimes says some things that I guess people don't like or agree with. And he was talking about the city and how fucked up it is. You know, look, I I hope to God one day, somehow something gets done to the city of Baltimore because people who live down in the city were starting to make videos and walk around downtown. And I think people who grew up in Maryland and Baltimore... Uh, well, I say grew up in Maryland. People I know, like over on the Eastern Shore, says, oh, I've been to the city twice in my life, which is weird. It's like you're only like an hour away from the city. But anyway, my point is I, I love Baltimore. And I- I'm proud of saying that I grew up in Baltimore, but I hope to God one day that place gets cleaned up because there are some shitty, fucked up areas in Baltimore, and it is extremely sad, extremely sad. And I see some of the videos and some of the interviews of people live down there and, and uh, people who aren't from there be like, man, it's really sad because they seem really educated. Who gives a fuck if they're educated or not? They're human beings or people who live there who are, are, are trying to do a good thing. They're trying to help out their community, talk about things they always continue to try to do and 
what they, you know, they, they can only do so much. But it's so sad. It's like, what the fuck? And I know every city in the country, they all have their fucked up areas too. But I'm seeing people posting videos who live down there. And we know that there's bad areas down there. But I guess these videos that they put on Twitter, it just reminds you of just how messed up it is. But I don't understand why I'm seeing people all over Twitter calling people racist for calling out how shitty Baltimore is. I, I That I don't get. It, it makes me nervous because now, obviously, I mean, it, you know, it didn't have to. This Baltimore City trending on Twitter, I'm sure people around the country probably already knew about it because there's constant articles about how Baltimore has the highest murder rate around the country. So it's not like this past week it just brought to everyone's attention. But my point is, you know, the city, any city, counts on people coming in around the country, tourists, people visiting, coming in for sports. They count on that money. That's why, you know, we didn't complain too much about when the Red Sox and Yankees would fill Camden Yard. Sure, we complained because 80% of fans are cheering when the Orioles do something bad. But we were like, all right, we'll take your money. Thank you very much. Have a good day. So tensions are high. Everybody's talking about, you know, this banter about Baltimore City and Donald Trump brings it up. I guess from what I hear, sometimes people don't like what that guy has to say. So the other night, hanging out in Camden Yards, you're probably watching the game if you were there, if you're one of the 50 fans. Boom, all of a sudden a Trump 2020 banner drops from the upper deck. <laughs> whoever that was, was like, they woke up that day and was like, you know what, I want to piss a bunch of people off. I have an idea. And then I see people like, oh, uh, that was messed up that Camden Yards, you know, the people kicked them out of the stadium just because they don't agree with Donald Trump. That's not why, you freaking morons. Camden Yards has a little thing called rules, and you got to follow them. Their policy states that no banners can be hung anywhere at any time unless you have permission. And I'm sure those people didn't say, Hey, I have a gigantic Trump 2020 banner I'm going to hang. Are you cool with that? People say, well, how did they they get it in? How did they get it in if they didn't get permission? Which is just a stupid conversation to have. But those banners, you can fold up and almost basically put it in your back pocket. (laughs) So they didn't get kicked out because Cam, you know, whoever it was didn't agree with their political views. It's because you can't do that. And John Maoli from uh, Baltimore Sun tweeted out that a chant in the stadium, all 50 people that night, were saying, take it down, take it down. But then I noticed some people who were at the game said that never happened. So, you know, regardless of whether it's political views or whatever, people are arguing all the time. And then Johnny Damon, there's a Johnny Damon uh, spotting. <laughs> TMZ. They, I don't know if you've ever been on TMZ.com, their website, but they bump into some random-ass celebrities on the streets, and then they just start asking them random questions, and most of them, who aren't in the spotlight anymore, are more than happy to talk to TMZ. They're like, hey, I'd love to be in the spotlight, but Johnny Damon, I'm sure you've, <laughs> you're familiar with Johnny Damon if you're a baseball fan, basically like a Steve Pierce. He's almost played on every team in baseball. He's played on uh, the Royals, the A's, the Red Sox, Yankees, Tigers. Uh, who I'm, I'm probably I think he played on the Rays. I think he finished up with the Indians in his career, and then I think he also played in like Thailand or some shit like that. 
So anyway, TMZ asked him about uh, playing in Baltimore. He never played for the Orioles, but obviously playing in the majors, he's been to Baltimore uh, plenty of times. And I thought it was unfair that TMZ, the title of the video, they put Johnny Damon defends Trump. And I listened to the minute video. Johnny Damon wasn't sitting there going, yes, Trump is right. Trump is correct. Everything Trump said is right. I don't even think... I, maybe I, I didn't last, uh, listen to the last few seconds of the uh, video, but I, I don't think he even mentioned Donald Trump's name. He just said that when he first started playing baseball, and even in the early 90s, he used to love going to Baltimore. But then towards, I think he said, mid-90s to the late 90s and 2000s, he, he, he got a little nervous. He said it turned really bad. Uh, they never really looked forward to going to Baltimore, and people are up in arms. You know, he just states what a lot of people don't want to admit because for some odd reason, when people say, I don't like going to Baltimore or they talk about how bad Baltimore is, the city, a lot of parts. I don't know. Sometimes I've seen people call their people racist just for trying to point out uh, the way Baltimore is. It's weird, man. Well, there you have it. Johnny Damon, I'm sure, you know, an important topic gets brought up. Everyone's like, where's Johnny Damon? What does he have to say about this? Well, there he is uh, walking around the streets talking to TMZ if you're wondering where he's been. TMZ's so random. They'll be like, yeah, we've got Billy D. Williams, and we're going to talk to him about the, the Democratic 2020 debate race. Like, what the fuck? So anyway, I just thought I'd go over <laughs> a little bit. Sorry, I think we're more than 10 minutes into the podcast. and I'm sitting here just ranting about uh, the bad things about Baltimore City and so forth. So anyway, let's move on. Another thing I've been seeing this week, people shitting on, not only Baltimore City, but Richie Martin. Back off, people. I'm a fan of Richie Martin. I get he's not batting 300. He just came up from double A. He's trying to work through it. I don't know why people shit on him. I mean, he's fast. He can field. Man, when he bunts, he normally, it seems like he's always on base. If he gets a single, it's almost like an automatic double. And we need that. And yes, I'm one of the sport fans that say we. I get that there's some people out there that say, I don't know why you say we, uh, because you're not on the team. Shut up. A lot of us say it. So I'm one of those guys. I say we when I'm talking about the Orioles or the Ravens or whatever. If it's my favorite team, it's we. But we need that. We need speed on the bases because we haven't seen it for years on the Orioles. So hopefully, Rich, if Richie Martin continues to bat 190, 180, 190, going into August, September, and he does that for another year or two, yeah, I think it's time to maybe figure something out. But just give him some time. I don't know why people are already like, yeah, you got to get rid of this guy. I like him. I like watching him play. You know who I also like watching play? It's Andrew Kashner. 23 innings, 19 earned runs, 31 hits. Fantastic. Elias got rid of him at the right time. So far, Elias has been making beautiful moves. Not that many moves, but the moves that he has, fantastic. Uh, The guy, Andrew, who wrote into the show, there you go. It could have been Andrew Kashner who wrote in. Some people say, hey, you said his name was Andrew. Maybe it was Andrew Kashner. If you don't remember, a couple episodes ago, a guy wrote in and said, I need to man up. I need to grab my balls and act like a man. And talk about how angry I am that they got rid of Andrew Kashner. And he was the only way the Orioles were uh, not going to have the worst record in baseball. Well, Andrew, if you're tuned in right now, again, I love when you get involved in the show. And I appreciated you reaching out. But come on. 23 innings, 19 earned runs, 31 hits. He had a good month with the Orioles. You know? 
Does that make you happy? Hearing me say this right now, talking about Andrew Kasher, and I'm sure you probably already knew about that, <laughs> because when someone's when an ex-Oriole is doing bad, uh, a lot of people like to post it. A lot of people like to talk about it. You know, but does that make you happy to hear about Orioles ex-Orioles not doing uh, ex-Orioles not doing well? Makes me happy in a sick way. I, I don't know. I think probably a guy like Adam Jones, if I heard he wasn't doing well, I probably wouldn't laugh about it or or talk about it. I might talk about it and say it's sad to see that. I don't know. It's something about Adam Jones. If he's an, I've always talked about when you're not on the Orioles anymore, I'm not cheering for you. And if you have a bad year, boo-hoo. But just Adam Jones, I can't feel that way. If he had a bad year, I'd feel bad for him. If he has a great year, I'm I'm happy for him. I love Adam Jones, but it makes me happy. All the other players, you know, Zach Britton, Manny Machado, Johnny Scope, Andrew Kashner, all the ex-Orioles, even Caleb. He was a great guy. He's very easy to like. If he's doing bad, fantastic. You're not an Oriole anymore. You're the enemy. I'm okay with it. I've I've said that since day one on this podcast. When Zach Britton was having a shit storm over in New York and they were booing him, eh, I smiled, loved it. Seeing Andrew Kasher shit the bed on Boston, fantastic. Not only is that great because he's an ex-Oriole now, <laughs> I don't sound like an asshole, but he's on Boston. You love it. But again, Elias talking about him making moves. The Orioles made no moves. Tad different than last year. Obviously, last year was a freaking yard sale. And there was no real pressure on Mike Elias to make any moves, and I'm okay with that. A lot of people were upset. Oh, we should have made some moves. Why? Just to say we made some moves? just so you can get some entertainment and read about it on TradeRumors.com or wherever you go. There's no dumpster diving. That's what I liked, no dumpster diving. And this is what Michael I said. He goes, we were extremely active in levels of communication, which I love to hear. And this is great. He says, our goal is to raise the talent level up and down the organization, and that includes players who are on the major league team. And the trades that were available to us, I didn't feel like they were going to do that. He says, I thought they might actually lower the talent level because these guys we have under control. I thought that was great that he said, you know, the guys that were being offered to us, it would have lowered, it would have made this team suck even more. So fuck that. I don't want anything to do with it. No moves. That's it. No whammy. No moves. Done. Shut the door. Michael lies. He's just playing it cool. I love it. And look, we didn't exactly have the players, obviously, that we're going to get top 100 prospects. Except for um, Trey Mancini, I was a I was a little surprised. I thought for sure there was going to be a call for Trey Mancini, but most teams that are making a run, who are in it to win it, they're normally looking for pitchers, right? Not a DH or a right fielder or first base, whatever. But again, we can't. I can't sit here and say the All Star Trey Mancini because he didn't make the All Star. Remember? So when I heard that there wasn't any moves made, I wasn't 100% surprised because, again, Michael Elias is in no rush. It doesn't put a damper on this rebuild. It just means that there wasn't enough talent. And Michael Elias knew that, and he just didn't want to make a trade just to make a trade. And I'm all right with that. Michael Elias, I trust you. Hey, by the way, I- I'm going to move on here. I'm going to talk about uh, Adley Rushman, as we love the Adley Rushman 2019 watch. What is he doing? Where is he? What is he batting? Before I do that, I do want to give you guys a heads up. I saw Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's a fantastic movie. As you know on this podcast, if I see a show or movie that I love that I think you guys might like, I'm going to mention it to you. So Once Upon a Time, 
And Hollywood with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad Pitt, you know, come on. How can you go wrong with that, with just those two? Do I have a man crush? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> They're good dudes. But it is based around the uh, Charles Manson murders, around the Charles Manson story. So just read up on that before you see the movie, by the way. But I think it was a fantastic movie. You should go watch it. All right. Just wanted to throw that out there. All right, Dan Connolly, who I follow, I like to read his articles on The Athletic. I like to see his tweets on Twitter, the tweets on Twitter. Uh, He wrote an article about Adley Rushman. Now, we all know fans are acting as if Adley will be batting 375 with 45 home runs every year and throw out runners 100% of the time. You know, we I get that. And I've been saying since the Orioles picked him up, he's got to be feeling the pressure. Since day one that we picked that kid up, it doesn't take a genius to know the kid's going to be on Xanax by mid-2020 season. Because the pressure is on. Because everyone, all eyes are on him. They're, he's already hearing, he, he already hears the words of he's going to be the face of the franchise. And he hasn't even started playing for the Baltimore Orioles. So he's hearing all this shit. Taking all this pressure. And I'm just like, this poor kid. So, Dan Connolly, I just wanted to read you some of the article. Sit back, pour yourself some warm milk. Just going to read you a paragraph or two of what he wrote. If you, Some people, they don't subscribe to The Athletic, so I'd like to share this with you. This is what he said. It states, it's hours before the Ironbirds take on the Hudson Valley Renegades, and roughly 10 media members are standing before a backdrop in the middle of the concession walkway waiting for catcher-slash-designated hitter Adley Rushman, the number one overall pick of the 2019 draft, who will be making his Maryland Pro debut that evening. Once he arrived, it's apparent this isn't the Rushman who is the heartbeat of the Oregon State University baseball program, the Rushman who constantly exchanged playful jabs with his buddies, the Rushman who answered questions at his introductory news conference with ease and charm that bellied the situation and his tender age. No, this Rushman seems awkward, nervous, uncomfortable. He delivers two minutes of five seconds of cliches, stock answers, and every conceivable variation of the word excited. But there's no excitement on Rushman's face here. He barely cracks a smile. As Rushman leaves the media with an Ironbirds PR representative, he catches the eye of his mother, shoots her a quick glance, offers a half smile, drops his head, and walks on. It says so much more than any of the words he just uttered in the past two minutes. God dang. (laughs) Even when I first read this, I'm like, this almost sounds like I'm reading a chapter of Dead Man Walking. Like, What the hell? But that's what I'm saying. This poor kid is feeling the pressure. Look, when you're that age, and, and look, you're famous, and your first pick, the first round, 2019, you're going to go online. You're going to go on Twitter, Facebook, whatever he does to look at his news. He's going to Google his name. Players who say, oh, I don't pay attention to that. I don't, bullshit. I guarantee it. 100% of athletes look up their names probably five times a day minimum when they have time guarantee it any of those players say i don't pay attention to that i don't read into that bull shit so you know he's looking into that you know he's reading 
what everybody's saying out there about him. So here's how excited fans are. Uh, Dan Connolly wrote, Despite not knowing exactly when Rushman would debut in Aberdeen, the Ironbirds ordered 75 Rushman shirts, which they had ready for sale Saturday night. They were retailed at $24. Says long before first pitch, roughly an hour or so after gates open, the store only had 3XL and 4XL sizes remaining. By the middle of the game, those were completely gone. Now, I'm reading this, and that makes sense. You know, 3XL, 4XL. Big guys move a little slower. You know what I mean? That's why that happened. That's why the 3 and 4XLs were sold later in the game. Bigger guys, they move a little slower. You know what I mean? (laughs) Slower to get out of the car. Slower to get ready. So the crowd was announced at 4,403 that night. So I just thought that was interesting. It was a great article. And if you haven't subscribed to The Athletic, I highly suggest it. They're great articles. I know people say, well, I can read shit for free. Why would I pay? Dude, it's like a dollar. (laughs) It's interesting shit. So I just thought that was interesting hearing about Adley Rushman and and, uh, (laughs) he's going to be in therapy by the end of this year, how he's nervous. I'm sure we all knew that. So hopefully... You know, he does well. Hopefully something happens. Just keep the spotlight off Adley for a little bit. Let him do his thing. Let him have his moment. Uh, O's pitchers going to go to the Orioles now. Uh, O's pitchers, they've allowed two or more homers, eight games in a row now, 20 in all. I mean, it's just they're on pace to giving up. Hold on. What is this? Uh, let me do the math. They give uh, One billion home runs. Asinine. How these pitchers continue to give up dingers. I don't get it. Dylan Tate came to Baltimore. And I was excited to see this guy. You know? He's uh, he was pretty good in the minors. And double A. And again, if you don't remember, Dylan Tate was part of the Zach Britton trade. But in double A, 17 games, ERA 368, uh, 348, I'm sorry, uh, with a whip of 1.10. So not bad. All right. Bring him up. Why not? Young kid. He'll get his shit together. Uh, but so far, since he's pitched for the Orioles, five innings, six earned runs, three home runs. Uh, numbers look a little shaky. <laughs> Not the best. But Brandon Hyde says, I don't care. I like it. I like the kid. So after uh, Dylan Tate pitched, uh, this is what Hyde said, made some comments. He says, Dylan Tate's the highlight of the game for me. This was the other night. Even though Dylan Tate was giving up home runs and runs, he says he was a highlight. I loved him. He said, really impressed me. He says he liked his stuff. He said he had three pitches he threw for strikes. And he also says it's not easy for a young player to come to the big leagues and pound the strike zone the way that he's doing. Well, yeah, I got to say, Hyde, he also pounded the bats with his ball, too. Guerrero hit a home run that just landed a couple hours ago that was hitting Camden Yards. But Brandon Hyde likes him, and he's a young kid, and hopefully he gets his shit together. Someone who's not getting their shit together. Holy hell, David Hess. We're at the threshold of hell. And I know when I say, can you please stop with this David Hess pitching shit? And everyone says, well, who else? I don't care. Bring up the next guy. If he does bad, then we can talk shit about him too. Don't ask me what the hell happened when he was in Toronto throwing that no-hitter. Fuck if I know. Where the hell is that David Hess? <laughs> I mean, he sucks at pitching. He really does. The other night in San Diego, boom, boom. Two pitches, two home runs. Done. His fastball doesn't move for shit. It's like watching someone hit a cue ball on a pool table. It doesn't do jack shit. It just goes straight. I've never seen someone pitch such a straight, floating fastball down the middle of the plate. 
And the Orioles are back in the record books for all the wrong reasons again. That night, when David Hess did that, that was the first time in San Diego Padres history where they opened a game with back-to-back homers on two pitches. Fantastic. Way to go, Mr. Hess. Nathan Ruiz for Baltimore Sun tweeted out, uh, when the first home run after the first pitch, he goes, uh, you know, Orioles right-hander David Hess has allowed 24 home runs in 72 innings. He says a rate of three per nine innings, which is not good. And then he said, in the history of baseball, pitchers with at least three per nine in at least 70 innings, one guy, Josh Tomlin, 2018. Boom, a second later, second home run comes out. He puts out another tweet and says, well, he let up another home run. And then he says, Hess has allowed 25 home runs, tied for the second most in the majors. David Hess, get your shit together. What the hell is going on with you? Other than that, the month of July was pretty fun to be an Orioles fan. It was not a losing season. I didn't think that was going to happen all season. They went 12-12. and Fantastic, right? Good news. Uh, If you're wondering who led the uh, Orioles in RBIs that month, it was Nunez with 19. You know, and these Orioles, they keep fighting. They really do. And I I, I love seeing the energy they have. They're out having fun. Again, they're not not mathematically eliminated yet. Who knows? Maybe they uh, feel there's still a chance. But Tuesday night against the Padres, uh, they were down four to nothing. You're thinking, all right, it's over. I mean, it's easy for them to give up, you know, because that was the night before thinking that the trades were going to happen and there are players around you. You're probably not going to see them anymore. Uh, they could have easily just given up. They didn't give a shit. They won 8-5. to five. So it's fun still seeing these guys have that energy to want to fight back. Um, unfortunately, the weekend started with losing to Toronto. Uh, you know, oh shit in the bed. Stranger things. Crowd of 16,000 at Camden Yard, so that was great. Also got to give a shout out to the Orioles. In honor of the 1989 Why Not season, Fans can buy tickets. It's from August 9th to August 11th. Uh, they're, they're selling tickets for the 1989 prices. And the sections are 1 through 17. Those are going for $8.50. And then 316 through 324. And 348 and 356 will be going for $6.50. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't know. Still won't be sold out. Whatever. Who cares? Regardless, I still think that's pretty freaking cool that the Orioles are, are trying to get fans in there, and that's what they're doing. Uh, in a couple weeks, I'm actually having uh, someone come into the studio. Uh, it's a friend of mine who's been following baseball his whole life. He's played baseball. Uh, he, he's a fan. He's a fan of the podcast. I'm a fan of him. So he's actually going to come in in a couple weeks. Uh, you know, It's always good to have someone on the other side. He's going to come into the studio here, Full Count Chaos. And we're gonna we're gonna go over a lot of shit. It should be fun. So again, I always want to hear from you guys. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. What's on your mind? What are you thinking? Would love to hear from you. Till next time. See you.